0: Hello, fellow lover. This is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susanna Suisuiki. Coming up.
1: small country like Papua New Guinea, it has great importance for the faith
0: of the people. Pope Francis confirms he'll be in the Pacific this year. Also, PNG communities back mine development but oppose tailings dam. And later on.
2: I'm humbled and um, just very grateful for the opportunity, first and foremost.
0: Super rugby team, Moana Pacifica, names its new captain. First, Tuvalu is gearing up for its national election. Incumbent Prime Minister Kausiana Tano assumed the office in 2019, having ousted an Sopoanga in a parliamentary vote. Polls were open at 8am for voters in Tuvalu to elect two lawmakers in each of the eight electorates. As there are no political parties in Tuvalu or candidates run as independents, the Pacific country is seeking more financial support from the international community for climate change and development. Polls will close at 4.30pm local time. Papua New Guinea will be hosting Pope Francis in late August. The head of the Catholic Church has previously shared his concern about the fates of Pacific populations currently battling the climate crisis. Alicia Foon spoke with Father Victor Roach and PNG. Yes, it is
1: confirmed that he's coming in August. This has been uh, for almost for a year in the cards and you are saying that he wants to visit uh, Papua New Guinea. At last it is confirmed. and. Uh, the secretary at the nunciature in Papua New Guinea. He went and met the foreign minister and confirmed it he's coming. And the ministry also has uh, confirmed it. Now it is for sure he's coming in August.
2: How are you feeling about this?
1: Yeah, when I mentioned it to the group of priests who are gathered here for their uh, general assembly, oh, immediately uh, they all clapped their hands. They are really happy that, you know, when a pope comes to a country, it's of great importance, and especially for a small country like Papua New Guinea, it has great importance uh, for the faith of the people.
2: Will this be the Pope's first visit?
1: No, no, this is the third time. The third time a Pope is coming. Uh, the Pope John Paul has come twice earlier. At one occasion, it was the beatification of a local martyr, Peter Torot and the previous time was in 1984. So yes, uh Pope has visited Guinea two times before. So, the, but it is Pope Francis first time to Guinea.
2: And do you know what date in August and how long for?
1: I think it will be only for three or four days. And uh, I don't know the exact date. I think I didn't, uh, I, I know only that it is confirmed, but that the exact date would be in that. The newspaper, I didn't get the exact date. But I think it is the last week of August.
2: How will you be, I guess, showing the Pope around and welcoming the Pope? What can you expect? Uh, Traditional welcomes, greetings. What can we expect over the three or four days? Who will he be hosted by?
1: He will be, of course, by the traditional Papua New Guinea welcome. By the people and the cultural welcome. But then here in Papua New Guinea, though there are different other churches, but the main, uh, the highest number of Catholics is 25% Catholics. So all the other denominations also will join in. And also the ministry, the ministers, they all will join in welcoming uh, the Pope. And it will be a traditional welcome first. Then afterwards, there will be a formal welcome by the Papal Nuncio in Port Mosby. And whenever he comes, he usually stays with the Papal Nuncio, the ambassador of the Pope. And uh, one main stop will be in Port Mosby, the capital. And he will go to another city in um, in Papua New Guinea. And I I think they are not finalized yet. It is still in the in the planning session, planning uh, stage, and so there will be two cities that he will visit in Papua New Guinea.
2: I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on the Pope giving uh, conditional approval to bless same-sex couples. How so, does uh, how does the Church feel about that in Papua New Guinea?
1: Uh, I should say, it's it is not a big issue in Papua New Guinea. Because same-sex marriage or same-sex union, it is not acceptable in the Guinea culture. And so it is not a big issue. And when the issue uh, came of the blessings of the same-sex union or same-sex marriage, many of the Papua Guineans they were not worried about this or it didn't become an issue. But at the same time, they accepted that it is a blessing that the church can give, that... Uh, uh, we we want to show the compassion to those people who are of same-sex union. And uh, they've accepted the papal document. And uh, there is no, I should say, either highly pro or highly against for the document.
2: I was going to ask, where else do you think the Pope will be visiting in the Pacific Islands?
1: Ah, yeah, he's going from here to East Timor. Uh, I am I am not very sure. I have not seen the official communique regarding his visit. I just got the information and then I announced to the people and they were all extremely happy. But the details, we will get it officially later on. But I know already last year this was in the agenda and uh, I was supposed to be in the organizing committee, but I declined. I think he's either going to East Timor first and coming to Papua New Guinea, or from Papua New Guinea, we'll go to East Timor.
0: Meanwhile, the Frida River is a tributary near the remote headwaters of Papua New Guinea's Sepik River, perhaps the most significant inland waterway in the Pacific. For the past 10 years, Frida River Limited, a subsidiary of Brisbane-based by Chinese-owned miner Pan Oster Limited, has been working on plans for a copper and gold mine on the river. It's currently seeking an extension of its exploration license, but communities at Frida River want changes. Don Wiseman has more.
3: Bob Onegum is a community leader for Ogasai Village, which would disappear if the Frieda River Limited proposal for a tailings dam that will double as a hydroelectric dam to supply power for the mine site and the local communities goes ahead. Onegum, who represents the village in quarterly meetings with Pan Ost, says they're fearful about this happening. He says they're not against the mine, but they want a different approach.
4: The project definitely has to go ahead because it's very important for us that we need development in Frida River. Of course, the whole country, Papua New Guinea, they need a mine. We all need a mine here. Uh, Having said that, there are certain things which the company must listen. They also must listen to us too.
3: Presley Dumasok is the head teacher of Wabia Community School, one of two schools that will be relocated if the dam goes ahead. This is another concern is the families are resettled, could be to areas already occupied by other traditional owners.
1: Wabia Primary School and Frieda River Primary School will be most affected. We really like the mine. The companies go ahead with what they are doing, but the them and the resettlement program, the, the whole community they don't want the them and the resettlement program. They have to come up with other other alternatives as to how they will go along with the development of the mine rather than the settlement and the uh, the huge damming
3: plan. The Frida River Communities last month presented a petition to the PNG Minerals Resources Authority, the MRA, requesting that Panos drop plans for its tailings dam. Oningham says it's non-negotiable.
4: We told the MRA that this dam is going to be non-negotiable for the interest of our people, for the uh, three villages, for the future generation. They have to find options for power source and waste management that the company can look at, rather than building a very huge dam.
3: The planned dam is sitting huge. It'll be the biggest in PNG, standing 191 metres high, nearly twice the height of one of New Zealand's biggest, the Clyde Dam. It'll be 740 metres across and flood myriad valleys up the Frida River. Mines, of course, need to dispose of their tailings and Panos says this is the best option. It says the combined hydroelectric and tailings dam will be far more robust than previous efforts to contain mine waste. That it will continue to generate electricity for the local communities for many years after the mining operation is closed down. The company says on its website that it understands some mining projects in Papua New Guinea have caused widespread environmental damage and it's determined not to repeat the mistakes of the past. Environmental Group Project CEPIC has led the push, along with Jubilee Australia, for Panos to ensure that it obtains the free, prior and informed consent of the hundreds of thousands of people who live along the Frida and CEPIC rivers. Project CPIC Executive Director Mary Bonney says if the company responded positively on this opposition to the dam, could win their support for the overall project.
2: Ideally, you know, we would because um, then we would know that the company would be more responsible in the way it's um, handling its waste. Because our major concern, which is for the people of the East Cepic province, is that the Fida River is a feeder in Sepik River and it is likely if that if there, if there is a dam up there, it is going to affect the whole of the Sepik River.
3: Project Sepik has raised concerns about the threat posed to the dam and so for the people down the river valleys by an earthquake, which are frequent events in PNG. The company was not able to supply someone to speak to RNZ Pacific on the issues raised above, but it did make a statement. It said the Frida River project will help build stronger and more viable communities by establishing critical public infrastructure, generating skilled employment, creating business opportunities for local people. It says mining activities can have both positive and negative impacts on the social and natural environments. The company says it's working closely with landowners and the PNG government to deliver the project safely and responsibly. It acknowledges that this process requires comprehensive and ongoing stakeholder engagement. So the project won't start until all required permits, agreements and authorisations are obtained.
0: Moana Pacifica's new skipper, James Lay, says he's humbled to be named captain and is excited to lead the team into the 2024 Super Rugby Pacific season. The tough Samoan prop played for the Blues last season and also competed at the 2023 Rugby World Cup for Manu Samoa. He was named in the Moana Pacifica squad late last year and just last week was handed the captaincy role by new Moana Pacifica head coach and former All-Black captain, Whalungo, Tana Umanga. Elisa Tora is following the team's pre-season preparations.
4: A newbie to the Samoan and Tongan Super Rugby Pacific franchise, 30-year-old Leigh told RNZ Pacific at the team's base in North Harbour he was humbled by the faith placed in him and looks forward to doing his bit for the team.
2: Yeah, like I said the other day, I think I'm just, I'm humbled and um, just very grateful for the opportunity, first and foremost. Um, for me, I, I'm just a voice of the players and um, I'm just going to continue to be myself and with the support of the other leaders around me. Yeah. Uh, at first, I was, I was definitely shocked, a bit of a um, yeah curveball my direction. I didn't really uh, expect it at all to be asked for that honour. I'm just grateful, like I said, and um, my, my family's very, very happy and um, I'm just trying to stay grateful around it and um, do my thing. Lei believes the
4: experience of senior players in the side's leadership team makes his work easier.
2: You know, lean on the other guys' uh, international experience as well, you know, you've got Jul, Julian Severe, you've got Christian, and then you've got Sekop, Sekopi as well, who's played for the Wallabies. So just grabbing all the different ideas uh, from everywhere, we've got Tongan internationals, um, Samoan internationals, and even uh, a couple of guys from the UK, oh, Tom Savage from the UK, he's been great for our group as well, so it's awesome.
4: Former Tongani Kalitahi captain Nili Latu is part of Moana's coaching team. He says the players have been working hard together for the new season.
1: Yeah, definitely, it's really important that we have some of the senior boys uh, around just to guide our new players, Uh, but we are coming along well. You know, as Polynesians, when we're happy, we're happy, when we're sad, we're sad, and, you know, we're we're staying on that buzz of just working
4: hard for each other. Latou believes the support from fans and families will help the side perform to their best as they represent their people. Oh, just for our people, you know, uh, Moana, you know, the ocean connects us as... As, as people, and we are Moana
1: itself, so we're just looking for, asking for just prayer and support uh, for the boys, and, and we're
4: looking forward to the season. Moana Pacifica will meet the Highlanders in their first 2024 Super Rugby Pacific match on February 24th in Dunedin.
0: That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Spotify, Apple, and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team tofa Whāsui